Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Today, I'm uh, reading from 25 Keys to Life-Changing Prayer. This is written by a friend of mine, uh, Terry Glasby, and it's uh, it's about 10 years old, actually released in uh, uh, 2010. And it just talks about the different categories of prayer. And it's, uh, uh, it's both informative and inspirational, I think. And this particular selection is, uh, is on confessing your sin, as I've been thinking a lot about forgiveness, uh, forgiveness uh, that we receive from God, forgiveness that we then reflect to others as well. And this particular uh, selection is about confessing your sin and receiving God's forgiveness. So often, I think for a lot of us, uh, we, we struggle to receive God's uh, forgiveness. We think for some reason that God wouldn't forgive us or couldn't forgive us because we've done that same thing so many times or because that that thing we've done is such an egregious uh, sin, such a, such a dark sin that surely God wouldn't forgive us. And uh, I just appreciate Terry's thoughts here. I hope that you'll find them helpful as well. He says, life is a messy proposition. Right there, I'm drawn in. It's filled with choices, and I often make bad ones. Okay, there's some honesty and, uh, and humility, and, and I know Terry well enough to know both of those are in that. He says, my selfishness and carelessness sometimes hurt other people. I regularly say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, even when I know it is the wrong thing. Mm. It's not that I don't try to be a good person. I care deeply about being the person God wants me to be. But even with my best intentions and mustering all my inner strength, my fallen self often prevails. And let's not try to pretty it up with any fancy evasions or psychological explanations. Let's call it what it is. Sin. Mm. Again, Terry refreshingly honest. Sometimes we may find ourselves hesitant to pray because of the state of our hearts and lives, because we know that we live out our lives before an all-seeing God. It isn't surprising that we would feel shame and recognize our moral shortcomings when we approach Him in prayer. To make it worse, we know that not only our actions, but even our thoughts are transparent to the one who made us. In the brightness of God's holiness, all our evasions and imperfections become clear. The darkness of our self-deceptions must flee in the dawning of His light. And when we see ourselves as we really are, it may not be a pleasant experience. Somebody say amen. Yeah. We know how far short we fall from being the kind of people we know we should be. We don't want to come to God with our mouths filled with requests while our hearts are filled with self-righteousness, evil imaginations, bitter emotions, self-serving attitudes. Before we come to God in prayer, we want to be cleansed of our sin. But if we wait until we have our act together before we come to God, we will never be able to come. We come with all our imperfections or we do not come at all. The glorious truth about sin is that Jesus Christ has dealt with it. When we reach out to him for forgiveness, 
He not only forgives the sins of our past, but also those still lurking in our future. Because of what he has done, we understand that sin doesn't have the power to separate us from God. But while that is true, it is also true that you and I continue to sin. And because he loves us, God wants us to be honest about these sins and to acknowledge and confess them. Here's the paradox. In Jesus, we are already forgiven, and yet we are called to confess our sins. Our experience of forgiveness begins with asking. And then he quotes 1 John 1, 9, very familiar verse to anybody who's been following this podcast. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us or to purify us from all unrighteousness. Confession brings honesty and healing to our relationship with him, Glasby says. Just as a hidden or unspoken wrong against one of my friends makes true communication with him or her almost impossible, so my refusal to come clean with God does damage to my ability to communicate freely and openly with him. It isn't that he doesn't already know of my wrongdoing. Of course he knows. But it is critical for me to own up to the true state of my soul. As the psalmist acknowledges, You know my folly, O God. My guilt is not hidden from you. I had a quote from Psalm 69, verse 5. Sometimes we are reluctantly to expose our shortcomings to the people in our lives for fear that they will stop loving and respecting us. But it is different with God. He already knows. And he knows that it is good for us to agree with him about our true state. Solving any relationship problem usually begins with talking it out. In confession, I can talk it out with God. I live in constant need of forgiveness. My acknowledgement of the fact is the beginning of the road to healing. But that doesn't mean God wants me to punish myself with guilt. It means that he wants me to be honest about my sin and accept the forgiveness he offers. He doesn't call me to confession for his sake, but for my sake. It is a necessity for my spiritual health. The end result of confession is the knowledge that we are forgiven. This knowledge has two aspects, an intellectual awareness and an experiential awareness. Intellectually, it is a truth we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. We are forgiven even when we do not feel forgiven. It is a reality based on God's love. And what he has done for us in Christ, he has made the choice to forgive us. This is beautiful. Forgiveness also has an experiential element. When we have confidence that God has forgiven us, we will often experience that truth as a liberating emotion. We feel a great burden and weight lifted from our souls. We feel cleansed and know the joy of being able to start over. Again and again, God gives us the ability to reaffirm our commitment to him and to start anew with a clean slate because he has forgiven us. There is a heavy weight that comes with trying to hold on to our sins. And Glasby quotes here from Psalm 32, um, such a powerful psalm, penitential psalm. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. 
Through my groaning all day long for day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. (laughs) We can pray that prayer today with David, you know. So glad Glaspie's reminding us of that psalm. He goes on to say, because confession is so important for maintaining an open and honest relationship with God, it should be a part of the prayer life of every believer. Confession is a great way to clear the air before we launch into making requests. If I'm going to spend some extended time in prayer, I usually start with a few moments of honest self-searching and reflection. I've learned to let the Holy Spirit bring to the surface any bitterness, resentment, disobedience, or unhealthy emotions hiding in the depths of my soul. As I become aware of each sin in my life, I ask God to forgive me and help me walk in a way that is more pleasing to Him. And then I consciously consciously accept and embrace the forgiveness He has already granted. I don't worry about making sure I drudge up every misdeed. There aren't enough hours in the day for that. And God isn't withholding his love and forgiveness until we have vocalized every sin. It's not as though there is a balance sheet where every single sin must be balanced by a specific credit of forgiveness. No, he has forgiven us even before we ask. In fact, He forgave us even before we sinned. But confession is one of the keys to making our prayer life real and authentic. It's the doorway through which we should approach our loving Father. We often say around the village chapel that God is regularly more eager to forgive us than we are to admit, acknowledge, confess our sins before him. And there is no reason for anyone to start this day off with guilt or shame when, as Terry Glaspie has pointed out, God is so eager and ready to forgive, to wash, to cleanse us, to purify our souls, our hearts, our minds because of the finished work of Jesus in space-time history, already completed when Jesus died on the cross to not only purchase our salvation, to satisfy the wrath of God so that you could know, that I could know, that on that great day when God wraps up human history and everyone is called to account for their lives, we can simply point to Jesus and say, He is my righteousness. He is my Redeemer, my Lord. So, brothers and sisters, walk in the freedom of God's forgiveness. Walk in the light of His grace and mercy for you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for His substitutionary death on the cross, taking our place, substituting Himself, He who knew no sin, becoming sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. I pray that for myself today. I pray that for my 
friends who may be listening or watching today. Holy Spirit, move on us. Yes, bring us to conviction of sin, but also bring us beyond that to confession of sin that we might receive delight and rest in your amazing grace. Pray this in Jesus' name for his sake and glory. Amen and amen. Have a great day. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.